each influencer that we chose had a following anywhere from 700,000 to 5 million. Peace. Right. It's That's crazy. big boy talk, bro. Yeah. Ball players, what's going on? This your boy Arden here, coming live from 24 New York. Yeah, that's right. We made it into the store. We are at Hudson Yards, man. And I'm excited for this one because, first of all, this is our first time ever doing this. So, again, more history for us during this historical opening season of the podcast. And most importantly, the guest to the left of me is someone, man, who, even though we just recently met, we have ties. First of all, he's from the crib. He's from the 914. West Chester's in the building. And just to learn more about you from the time that we've met, doing your thing in the world of hoop, fashion, building, content, and beyond, man. And in 24 New York, seeing it actually be a thing. I'm telling y'all, man, I know y'all gonna like what y'all see. I'm excited about the conversation we're gonna have, man. Mike Press, what's the word? Yo, man, first off, I gotta appreciate the intro because I've never been intro before. I'm always introing everybody else. I, I, so, I, do, a, I do a solid job at so, it. So I appreciate that. Um, nah, man, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Like when we connected about three and a half, four weeks ago. And then, like you said, we had so many ties with yeah. people and, and being from Westchester, being from Mount Vernon, White Plains, like those type of things that people don't necessarily hear about. Mm -hmm. But to know that there are people from these places that are doing big things um, is, is a dope thing. So I appreciate you even asking me to be a part of this. No problem. I appreciate you for agreeing. Seriously, it's really important, man. It goes both ways. Of course, shout out to our brother G. You feel me being a connector of the dots and everything. Mike, for us, when we start the podcast, right, this is a question that we love to ask folks who we know have a genuine relationship with the game of basketball, and you're now up next. What made you fall in love with the game? Um, I was always fast. So growing up, one, I was, I was real skinny. So when I wanted to play football, my mom shut that right down. <laughs> she was like, no, one, we, don't, we can't afford it, and you're going to die if you play it. So I was like, cool, <laughs> football's out. Um, but I think growing up early nineties, you have the, the number one person that you want to be like, and then granted my name is Michael. So it's like, I want to be like Mike. Of course. Um, so I think that's where it all came from was having that image of, of basketball is this person that flies through the air, this person that everyone admires. Um, and as a kid, that's what I wanted. And got to connect again about the 914. And, and I want to get into it just because I was recently, you know, on a couple of platforms where folks asked me, like, hey, like, who were your favorite athletes from Westchester? Or who was that first athlete that really caught your attention? And it really brought back a lot of memories because of, like, wow, like, who was it, right? It may have been a Ben Gordon. It may have been a Ray Rice. It may have been a Jonathan Mitchell and, and many others. Wow, for Jonathan you, Mitchell. Yeah, wow, Vernon as a classic. Throwback, yeah. Um, for you, growing up in the nine. Who was an athlete that not only caught your eye, but more so made you think, oh, snap, it's possible to make it out of here? Uh, right off the top, it was, it was BG. It was Ben Gordon. Uh -huh. Because he made, I was in high school at the same time. I think I was a freshman when he was a senior. Uh -huh. um, and seeing that there's national recognition, one for the high school itself because of the basketball, basketball of course, team. Yeah. Like, uh, I think it was, was Bob Semino at the time was a coach. And just seeing that we're a nationally ranked high school for years and we're like number one for years. So I was like, wow, this, like this can actually happen. And then one person is actually leading that, which was Ben. 
And I remember, like, I remember his free throw, like, routine. Like, he didn't bounce the basketball. He did not. All he did was, was flip it in his hand. Uh-huh. And when he was ready, he shot. Uh-huh. And that was the first time I had ever seen that. So what did I do when I went to Blessed Sacrament St. Gabriel High School? Hey. I didn't bounce that damn ball. Hell nah. <laughs> That's something, too. You know what's so funny? You brought us down a rabbit hole, bro. How many times in your basketball life did you mimic another player's free throw routine? For me, oh, I had many times. I mean, <laughs> there was something about a free throw routine that always got me to be like, oh, I'm trying that tomorrow. Yeah. Um, BG was one, and then in the Jordan free throw, it was like you shift your feet one side to yep. the other. You take a couple dribbles while you do it. Yep. You flip up. You take one step down, and you come all the way up. Yep. But it was just something about the comfort of of, of shifting your weight and bouncing yep. that kind of got me comfortable. And then when I saw Ben Gordon's routine, I was like, this actually makes me feel more calm, mm-hmm. where I can feel in control. Because, you know, let's just say you come off a fast break or something, you run it on the court, you get fouled. You, now you got to walk all the way back down the court, yep. catch your breath. It was just BG's way of doing it allowed me to get calm and settled while everybody else would like, <laughs> yeah, and then go. That's a fact. I just remember, shout out to Katie too. I, I saw a lot of kids yeah. copy that. Yeah. Shoulder wiggle. <laughs> you feel me? That, that self, man. Again, we, we about to nerd out. Let me change the topic real quick. I now want to get into what is your your, your baby man, the your, the the, the a, a proud aspect of, of your existence and your hard work being Twenty Four New York. For those who wouldn't know, how would you best describe Twenty Four New York and its purpose? Mm-hmm. Well, first off, I can't do it by myself, right? I have, I have two other partners um, that that help and support this entire thing. Twenty Four New York started as a free throw contest, so hey. we started this. We've really only been in existence and in, in its entirety just about two years. Wow. So we started out as a free throw contest at sneaker shows. We went to one sneaker show and we were like, I'm bored. Like, like there's nothing else to do. Now I get it, you know, everybody is gonna wanna buy shoes, clothes, and do all that kind of stuff, but we were just like, we're bored. Why don't we create an, an entertainment factor to it? So we went back, came up with this concept. My partner went to another show and saw something and was like, that's what we're doing. Our very first show that we did was in um, California at the uh, at Sneakertopia. And one person showed up and it changed the game for everything. And that was Ronnie James. Mm-hmm. Ronnie James shows up, does a free throw contest, does cool. Then um, another influencer that was there, Never Miss Ali, shout out to her. She came up just just deboed and was like, I'll play you. Everybody was like, uh, what? What do you mean you gonna play him? And they, sh- and they went, like they um, did a free throw contest with each other. She beat him and then that took off. Like ESPN, um, everybody was running that thing. Cause this was what, 2021? Mm-hmm. I feel like this yep. was 2021, yeah. Yep, it was 2021. Cause again, shout out to our brother G. I remember <laughs> it was his clip that I initially saw yeah. of that whole moment, yeah. So, you know, once that happened, we were like, all right, we got something different because one, we're the only ones doing this. We're the only ones wanting to bring an entertainment factor to these shows. And we, you know, we really ran with that for a while. And then we have, we've had AB do it. We've had Jola Pullman do it. We've had uh, Trinidad James do it. We've had a multitude of actual ball players do it. Um, gospel artists, uh, KB, like all of these different people have done it. 
and we were just like, all right, let's just see where it goes. Yeah. Um, so that's where it all started. And I want to break this down a bit more just because, you know, like I was telling you, Mike, before we got on air, you know, a big thing for the Ball Players podcast is exploring the different POVs and developments that we know from basketball culture. And I think one of them is event activations and fashion brands like yourself, like 24 New York, y'all are playing a big part in that because we already know about the sneaker culture and sneaker reselling and copping sneakers and sneaker shows in itself is definitely an experience, but y'all then tapped into the event activation side of things, right? When you now see more people doing that, even if it's not a free throw contest, right? But they're adding something to it that is, hey, an event, something that adds to the overall experience. What do you think it says about that now being added and the fact that, hey, y'all were a part of that and that may have influenced another brand or two to be like, okay, we need to do our own thing as well. Uh, the first thing it, it shows me is that people are understanding that you have so much creative freedom that you may not tap into. It, it's not a, a one-dimensional thing. Like if you go to a show, let me just sit here with my product. Why don't I create an experience when you come into this product? Um, just this weekend, we were at a, a show in San Diego, and there's a, a guy that does what's called a 90s room. And what he does is he build out, he builds out like, just think like, like the Zach Morris um, bedroom, right? Like I wanted the Zach Morris bedroom because it was big and I didn't have a big room. But he just builds it out and people just come in and take, take, take pictures. It shows creativity, it shows that people want people to also walk into an experience and be able to capture it. Um, when we see people, especially do like free throw contests and things like that, we say, that's nice. Yeah. That's cute. We know the found and fathers. Right. And I think people also, they see, they see people paying. Uh -huh. So what people see is like, oh my God, they making all this money. This is that. But a lot of people don't know what goes into it. Okay. Right? So you only see one aspect to it. Um, so, you know, we applaud it. Like, yeah, go ahead and do your thing. You probably won't do it again mm -hmm. after you saw what it takes to actually get it done. And when it comes down to it, right, what it takes, what, what does it take? Because I think, again, right, for so many people, even myself in this moment, right, we just think, hey, if you sell the sneakers, the hard work is just you copy the sneakers, you selling it have yourself a little cool display at the store, at the, at the show and, and hope to make some bread. But now with these event activations and these other aspects to it, what does it take now to properly represent yourself and to do good business at these shows? What it takes is what I've seen over the last few years is you build a name through content first. Mm -hmm. The most people that have the content and have the followings are doing YouTube's of them at the shows, they're doing cash outs, they're doing buys, they're doing real versus fakes, they're doing, oh, I caught a fake here, this is what I look. They're doing all of those things. So the selling of the sneaker is actually probably the easiest part because if a person is looking for a new balance mm -hmm. and it's at your table, they're coming straight to you. Mm -hmm. If you don't have it, they're not coming to you. So it's about also being very specific in what it is that you want to showcase. Mm -hmm. Some of these shows, you have people that only showcase size 12 and up. Mm -hmm. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 and up. And that's all they sell yeah. because usually those are the most expensive sneakers to buy. Um, is it easy? No. Because it's so much of a business and it's so much like a stock market 
that people forget that yes, you can go out and buy a sneaker and you you see the kids come in. Yeah. Like real young with like their little I got two sneakers, yo, would you please buy it? You know? And I'd be just there like, oh, little hustler. Look at you. Um, but that's the 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 entrepreneurial spirit that I yeah. also see now. To follow that up, right, and before we change, you know, the the pace here, for someone out there that is like, okay, I'm seeing Mike, I'm seeing 24 New York, I'm seeing the rest of my peers or competitors, y'all are elevating the games where it's now bigger than selling these clothes and these sneakers. So for someone out there that's looking to find their own niche, their own way, how would you describe the process that they should go through in order to find one? Uh, first thing I would say is, number one, don't be afraid to fail. Not everything is gonna work on the first try, not everything is gonna work on the first go you have to be super confident in knowing that you just might fail. And can you get back up and resurge it and do something else? Um, that's the best piece of advice I can give. And then to, to follow that up with is know, know what it is that you actually want to do. People come in and say, I just want to sell sneakers. Why? Like, what's your why? Is it because you want to understand what an entrepreneur is? Is it because you want to make money? Is it because you really love sneakers? Mm -hmm. Figure out what your why is and don't be afraid to fail. To change the pace, I want to talk about some more creative stuff because this is fun for me, man. I think even within the basketball world, we're seeing more brands do these exciting collaborations with, you know, the swoosh, Adidas, Pumas, et cetera, et cetera. Or they might lock in with like a legend from the game and remix their sneaker. 24 year capable of doing that? Is something in the works? Cause I can see I can see y'all getting into that. Well, we we just came off of our first collaboration. Jeez. Um, Congrats. We, I appreciate it, man. In February, we did a collaboration with the LA Clippers. Wow. Um, what we were able to accomplish, which you know took was like a basically like a seven month process, was we gave them an idea of creating a influencer panel where we had, we only gave like a, a handful first, and then I think we ended up with nine, nine influencers. Each influencer that we chose had a following anywhere from 700,000 to 5 million. Peace. Right. It's That's crazy. big boy talk, bro. Yeah, and this was male and female. Um, and we did this panel. Um, we had a bunch of people come out. Um, and the best thing about the panel was that so many people had questions for the influencers after the panel was over. Like really wanting to get to know them because it's very hard to even get to these people, even at an event in a show. Why? Because you got two, 2,000 people trying to get to them at the same time. Uh -huh. Made it very intimate so that you can just walk up and have a conversation. Uh -huh. Then once we finished that, uh, we did our free throw contest um, on the court. Of course. So we had uh, two kids uh, and we had two influencers. We had uh, Kais Omar and Never Miss Ali, who I appreciate so much for y'all helping us out with that. The free throw bully. <laughs> the free throw bully. Now I want the smoke alley. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. Do yeah. it on my show. <laughs> I yeah. need that. Make sure you got a lot to give away. That's what I'm going to say. Dang. <laughs> All right. I call sign for my people. Um, Dang. Bet. But, you know, then we did that and. To see, to see a kid win a pair of sneakers that was his size and it was a sneaker that he actually wanted was like the greatest thing for me. Um, it wasn't about 
the the cloud or anything like that. It was about this is what we actually do, and this is the reactions that people actually get whenever they win a shoe. So that was our first collaboration. When looking at this year, when looking at 24 New York, what is you and your team's biggest hope for the brand this year? The biggest hope is to um, land a couple more um, collaborations and partnerships. A um, couple things that we have on, on our plate is uh, Summer League. Um, that's the next place that we're trying to infiltrate. So mm-hmm. we do have some time you know, ahead of us to get to, get to the goal. Um, and, you know, potentially, you know, maybe another location, we don't know. But the main thing is, is Summer League is what we're, we're, we're striving Yo, for right Summer now. Summer League will be a vibe. I'm trying to make it out to Summer League, first of all. But you are, and you can already do that. Hey, there's still some things <laughs> that I need to work through. And, but when I do get there, I, I already know shirts, what you're wearing. I know what you're wearing. Please and thank you. I'm going to need that. And because here's the thing, too, y'all, before we get to this last question. Mike really got some pieces <laughs> that dudes in the league will wear, bro. Like, I'm legit looking. There's some stuff that, like, yo, cats in the league. Shout out to the ladies in the dub. I I know I would see this, and then it would be on league fits, and it would be on NBA fashion fits. So I'm just waiting just to see the joint. Like, like I, I truly believe in y'all, man, on what y'all got going on. And last question I got for you, Mike. Top of the show, I asked you what made you fall in love with the game. Yeah. Last question is... What keeps you in love with the game? The sport itself has evolved into it not just being basketball. It's now evolved into a conglomerate of, of so many other activations. That's what's keeping me in love with the game because activations of, 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 of other companies that are coming out, mm-hmm. Hoop Bus, Local yep. Hoops. Um, Shout out to both of them, man. Really like, rock with both. Just because, one, I'm in New York, so it's like they're also here seeing what they're able to do and how they can capture an audience in, in this very specific niche market um, is super dope. So that's what's keeping me in love with the game. And then secondly is that people are so much more expressive in what they wear. Yes. The fashion is also another thing. So I'll go on League Fit sometimes and be like, yo, what what are they wearing? Not just about the shoes, but like what brands or new brands that I can see that people are wearing. And I've, and I've seen a couple, of, and to be totally fair, some of these brands are actually at these sneaker shows. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's insane. It's insane. And I, and I gotta say, it's fun to watch. It's fun to see. Just the main things that we've seen in the game aren't just focused on one thing. So even if you're in the fashions, well, on the fashion side of things, it's bigger than just fashion. It's like content, branding, marketing, lifestyle and beyond. And again, we're seeing that from 24 New York. Good brother, Mike. Seriously, thank you so much for pulling up on the Ball Players podcast. Ball Players, thank y'all like usual for tuning in to the episode. Love is love, man. Make sure y'all do what y'all do. Episode is available on all DSPs. Of course, you can watch the visuals across all socials and YouTube. Please like, please comment, please subscribe. And of course, the Ball Players podcast is brought to you by 1.37 p.m., where your curiosity will be fulfilled. For everything sports, collectibles, music, fashion, and the whole shebangabang. This is your boy Arden talking to you. Signing off. Later.